Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Welcome to Crunch Time. Delicious, crunchy, new fried chicken by Red Rooster. Available at selected restaurants. The Rooster's calling. Werribee, Western and Footscray Nissan dealerships stock the all-new Nissan Navara Pro 4X. Built tough. In fact, it's Colin Jasny who's never kicked a goal. He has never kicked an AFL goal. And he's got one. Flicks it over his head, got it to Himmelberg. Oh, he dropped the tackle, handed it to Green. Open goal, and he'll slot it with ease. Wow. Toby Green versus the world, and Green's still winning. Everywhere he looked, there's Giants all over this. Toby off the left oh. has kicked the goal, and that's exactly what they deserve to catch. He kicked one earlier, Radigalia, just to the right of centre. He's put it through. He's found a way, and now the Cats are a real chance. So as you said earlier, Jared, a season can get blown up just yep. like that in one night. One wow. night. Could Bruins seal the deal? Himmelberg will. He'll open up the angle and drive home the winner. It is over. The Giants will win at GMHBA Stadium against all odds. So as you said earlier, Jared, a season can get blown up just yep. like that in one night. One wow. night. Could Bruins seal the deal? Himmelberg will. He'll open up the angle and drive home the winner. It is over. The Giants will win at GMHBA Stadium against all odds. It's just a significant win. I mean, um, we're not going to deny that. I mean, it's probably one of the better wins we've had. We had such a young team. Everyone knows what we've seen when we put, uh, put those young fellas out in the park. Um, it was really good watching at ground level. It was a pleasure to watch because uh, they kept on hanging in there. They made some mistakes. We were brave at the footy. We knew we had to move the footy against Geelong's really good defence. And um, so those sort of significant wins you know, mean a lot to us. You know, We'll enjoy the moment tonight, clearly, because those wins don't come around um, a lot. But um, we wake up tomorrow and um, we smile on our face and we look forward to whatever day we're playing next week. A giant leap towards September action. GWS secures a critical win against the odds in the most decisive step taken to secure a place in the eights. Can Leon Cameron's men defy the circumstances and defy the chases? Dangerfield had a little opening, which he didn't take, but he might get on the end of a Blitzhaw's handball now. Oh. No, he tackles Green. This is going to be interesting in replay, Hutto, if the elbow comes up. Oh, Dangerfield with that elbow from Toby Green is in a spot of bullet. I think they took him to the hospital as a precaution as much as anything. I, I think it's probably good news that we haven't got a negative update. So I'm being told that he's going to stay in overnight, but he's feeling fine. And we've got oh, another exactly problem. he's done a hamstring. Oh, this has been a disaster for Geelong. Exactly, as is often the case with a player who's never done a hamstring before, is a bit unsure. Um, but we're, we're, our medical staff are pretty confident that he does have a hamstring injury, so we're not sure of the extent of that, but you would think that that would keep him out uh, for a little bit, a couple of weeks at least, um, is my best guess. Uh, but Gary Rowan, he was a bit wounded from really early in the game, but it was more a, a, a sort of hip issue that we don't think is very serious. We certainly would have taken him out of the game earlier if we thought there was a risk of injury. A dirty night for Geelong. A home loss to disrupt momentum compounded by untimely injury and potential suspension. Will it derail the Cats' premiership ambitions? And in this instance, it's not a lack of education. We, we've got no excuse. These, these mistakes 
unacceptable. In saying that, you know, my priorities at this point are all our staff, our players, the Indigenous community as a whole, and, and, and I'll, I'll still be there for, for Taylor when the time's right to support him through as a, as a human being. The integrity of the finals is our priority and, and getting crowds there is, is, is a close second, having the energy and the, and the finish this season that it deserves. So we'll leave all the decisions as late as we can. Just want to be really clear. Our, uh, our view and our expectation is we're playing the grand final at the MCG. Otherwise, if, if this is how a legend of the game exits a footy club, well then uh, I think that's a, a blight on the game, to be honest. If, if we're going to jump straight into what's he doing next, And a disturbing and distressing week across the football landscape. How did the game confront the latest episode of racial vilification? And what are the ramifications of a fresh COVID outbreak in Melbourne? It's all in the round 21 edition of Crunch Time. Spirits are a bit low in Melbourne today with 29 positives revealed from the latest outbreak. Uh, Lockdown was badly needed and called in the nick of time, but none of those 29 were in isolation. So uh, the state is on the brink. It has, well, it's real life, and then it has its footy ramifications as well. It's a week that's tested the emotions up and down. But if you're a Giants fan, you'll be up like rarely before, I imagine. They are doing all they can now for their Sydney fans who are in long-term lockdown as well. Jared Waitley with you for Crunch Time. Justin Leppich is with me. Hello, Lepper. Good morning, Jared. It's a bit to take in, isn't there? Wow, there's a lot going on today. Hopefully we uh, get through the next two hours. There's a fair bit to talk about. But good on the Giants, hey? Well done. They've uh, The musical chairs of eighth position has changed again, and they've got it for this point in time. Eighth has been a position to fumble, really, mm. for about the past six weeks. But last night, it was grasped. Yeah, it's funny, that GWS, because as we know, they're beating the good teams and they're losing to the, the teams near the bottom. And Port have the other problem where they're losing losing to the top teams and beating everyone below them. So it's quite a funny old year this year. And and I think it just got even weirder last night, to be honest. It's, it's like the 80-to-1 shot got up for me. It was quite a quite a bizarre night. Daisy Pearce, welcome. Thanks, Jared. Uh, good to be here. Uh, unbelievable result. What a win for mm. the Giants. I mean, you go down there and if, if Geelong had wished for any night, that was the opposite to what they got. I mean, they, they lose the game. don't think it harms their chances losing the points. They've banked that top four position. But the injuries and the way that the night planned out is exactly what they would have not hoped for. And for the Giants, well... Could have gone one of two ways. Go down there, get overwhelmed by a more experienced outfit and a venue where everyone struggles. Or they would have, they were going to play with energy and that's what they brought. I mean, guys that have been sitting in the hub, young guys in that profile that probably haven't been feeling sorry for themselves. They're on the road with their footy team and they came out and played with an energy and confidence that got them over the line. Sam Edmonds, crucial today because is how big is the toll is the is the biggest question. Yeah, Hello. Indeed, Jared. Well, it was a big toll coming in for the Giants, and that's what made them Giants last night in every sense, didn't it? The side was absolutely gutted. They'd lost three of their last four, been on the road since forever. Playing a side, as Daisy said, they've only lost 10 games at home over the last decade, Geelong. The Giants absorbed 20 more inside 50s and somehow find a way. It's a terrific win when you consider, how's this for a list? Kelly, Hopper, Davis, Lloyd, Hogan, Tom Green, Cornelio, Finlayson, the list goes on. They weren't there. No side has won at eighth spot. And the Giants themselves, I think, lost three of their last four going into this one. Maybe we finally found our last finalist. So they finished with Richmond, 
and Carlton. In their time on the road, they've been an interesting study on the road. They got beaten by Hawthorne at the MCG and then they beat Melbourne. So they beat Melbourne at the G and Geelong at Kidinia Park. In there, they've then lost to the Gold Coast. They lost to Sydney after a huge start. They squeezed out from behind and beat Essendon and then were they, they nipped away at Port Adelaide without being able to match it with them. So they're three and four in this prolonged period on the road. But... Depending what Fremantle does, it may very well by the end of the round be theirs to yep. hold. Yeah, look, the only person that would have tipped that last night are the people that forgot to do their tipping because they would have got the away <laughs> team. That's about the that's about it. But you look at the, I, I think do we pay enough attention to something as simple as accuracy? Like if you said to me, all right, I'm going to paint a picture for you. You can give me a result, Jared. Geelong are going to have 20 more inside 50s. They're going to have six more shots at goals. They're going to win the clearances by seven. Mm. They're going to have eight more tackles. What's going to happen? And you say, oh, they'll win by maybe 30, maybe maybe a bit more. No. <laughs> so it's quite a weird mix of numbers, too, to get that result. So, what? again, it's just a strange old night. And was Sam Taylor playing key forward last oh, night? He, was he came out on the lead a couple of times, looked magnificent. So, gee, Geelong. 17 ball. intercepts. Like, that is eight intercept the, marks left. Off the charts, though. 17 in total, it, a grand ball and aerial. I it's think that's crazy. The, it might be the, Daisy, equal second most we've seen all season from Sam he Taylor. He was unbelievable. And the courage to stand in front of Tom Hawkins when he's so good at working players under the balls, not many defenders are prepared to do it, but so many times he backed himself in and re- was rewarded. Yeah, we saw it. I, I see him as a Dow defender probably up until now as the type of player he is. I never saw him as the Nick Haynes intercept type and, and get your offense rolling back the other way. But last night I was like, wow, where has this come from? I'm not sure of his previous numbers before that, Sam, his, no. biggest, his biggest intercept game before that. But that was... That's just going from naught to 100 uh, in, in as far as his output in that part of the and game. And to do it when you've got a massive yeah, job one-on-one. On one. Well. So yeah. he had the big job and it should have yep. been up to others to have to come off and roll off and help him. But he was the one doing it so often when he had Tom Hawkins done or Geelong were using another option. He was still prepared to back himself in and come off, which and that's, was impressive. That's 49 games yeah. he's played too. That's obviously great positioning and every, and speaks to pressure up the ground. GWS take nothing away from them. But, gee, the cats were poor, weren't they, in terms of the options and the waste, uh, I suppose, Leper as well. And listening to Chris Scott afterwards, we might look back on this, he says, as not being a big deal provided we can respond next week. Now, that response is going to have to come with probably their busiest and most hectic selection table that they've seen all year. It'll be like the deck chairs on the Titanic next week, Jared, which I know we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, so just before we work through each of those, is what of Geelong, Lepper? I think it's a blip. That's as much as you can deal with it. I'm a big believer from... The finals is a completely different beast and a different, completely different season, and they're qualified. Um, and sometimes a little kick in the butt about this time of the year isn't a bad thing either, just to realise, you know, you're not as good as what you think. We're talking Geelong up so much in the last few weeks, and, you know, they are the premiership favourites, and, you know, are they better than the Bulldogs? Then all of a sudden they dish that up. So sometimes it's good just to get the motivation back. What do you think, Danes? A blip for me as well. I mean, they, were, they weren't full strength either. No Jeremy Cameron, who's yeah. close... No Mitch Duncan, who they may get back at the start of finals. They lose Paddy Dangerfield early and they managed Isaac Smith and it just kept jumping out to me how quickly he's become a really important player in their transition. Big runner. He he often is the one that is getting pass for handball receive off half back when their ball movement speeds up. They do like control in their back half, but they do get speed on it from there and he's often the one that orchestrates that. He he picks his moments as to when they need to go slow, when they can speed up, and he's often the distributor. They couldn't get that last night. They just lacked that that speed, and so often they were held up. You think about that inaccuracy, Leper. 
It wasn't. There were a few shots they should have kicked, but a lot of them were taken from forty out on tight angles because they had they'd been forced to go slow, yep. which allowed Giants time to get back. There was just no room to get a good shot at goal, so they had to settle for for t- tough shots. So that inaccuracy is a couple of times poor kicking from the Cats, but I thought it was the way that the Giants defended. So I I, I don't panic for Geelong. I think it's just a blip, but yeah, they'd they'd want to start getting the pieces of the puzzles back together at the same time because I think that's what we'd all thought was about to come, but last night suggests that they're going to have some other injury concerns. So the pieces on both sides of the board, should we start with, well, the order that they happen. So Toby Green, is the yep. Toby Green fend-off, which goes wrong on Dangerfield and leaves him in hospital, is that a reportable offence? That's a good question. There's so many, um, there's so many similar type of incidents, and you almost have to grade. Okay, was was it a football act or a non-football act? So Toby Green would say it was a football act because I had the ball in my hand and I was fending. And then there's a degree of saying, well, is that arm now just being used as a weapon? I don't think he used it as a weapon, but I also I also think he was coming a little high with the elbow. So it's it's somewhere sits in the middle. So what I'm saying, is it a fine? Is it a weak? But one thing about Toby Green, doesn't he do this to you all the time? He sits on that nice edge so much that you're thinking, oh, man, why are you doing this again for us? Like, we're at this situation where you've, you've, you're going to make us make a call about you. Just put that elbow a little lower so you don't have to. You know, if it hits the top of his sort of chest and then rolls up, we probably aren't having this conversation. But he always hits the fine line. Toby with these sorts of things. So it's sort of in the lap of the gods a little bit for him. So he doesn't have the luxury of is it a fine or is it a weak? It, it's simply a debate at the moment right. of is it a reportable offence? Because the way it will roll out is that's going to answer that question. But is it a reportable offence? What do you think, Days? Well, I think the precedent was Bailey Fritch against Powell earlier in the yeah. year, um, Melbourne, North Melbourne. He was that worse? I think it was a similar action. I mean, mm. when I look at Toby Green, there's no intent to hurt or no malice in that action. It, it's a raised elbow, so as soon as you do that, there's going to be questions asked. But the next part of that action is that you put your hand out straight to fend. So I think if you'd had a fraction of a sec- second longer in that tiny little moment that happens in a, a split second, and it, it's, it's just a fend-off and we move on. But it, it's just those small <laughs> margins in a game that's moving so quickly. It will get looked at because he's raised his elbow and it's caused an injury where Paddy Dangerfield spends a night in hospital mm. with contact to his neck. So I think it will get looked at. I, I don't think that there was any kind of wrongdoing necessarily or any intent to hurt or harm in Toby Green's action. It wasn't a dirty act for me. It was just a an a, a unfortunate circumstance. But Lebby, you're saying he knew what he was doing to some degree. No, he knew he was fending off yeah. with, it, with an elbow. He knew that. It's just how high do you do it? So for these things, there's a little bit of... How much did Paddy contribute at all? None. Was he lowering himself at the same time as Toby's arm was coming from down to up? Was Paddy coming from up to down? Because often then you can't read those scenarios, you know, because you think someone's at a certain level when you start to do it, and then all of a sudden they, they are lower than what you expected. So this is the this needs forensically looked at to sort of get a bit of a feel for me. Uh, I probably haven't looked at it enough to go, actually, Pat, he, he did raise it higher than what he should have raised it. As I said, first thought is, it's a football action. Then you watch it and think, was it a little high? Did he could he have lowered his arm? Um, but then you start to get into that that tit for tat sort of stuff. So the 
the Fritch incident, yeah. Yeah. it was graded. It, it was. was a suspension. They went to the tribunal and beat it. It was. It was a football act, I, I guess, in layman's terms, was the reason it was overturned in the end or, or thrown out, Jared. Now, it was assessed by Michael Christian as careless, medium impact. So medium, even though Powell, he did leave the ground, but he came back on and played it out and high contact. So... That equated to a one-match sanction. So if Michael Christian does concede that this is a reportable offence, then it has to be at least high impact because Patrick Dangerfield, as we said, spent the night in hospital, couldn't continue on with the game. So it's a matter of if it gets to that. If it does, it'll be careless, high and high contact, you would have thought. He graded Powell medium, and as I said, and Powell came back on. So Patrick Dangerfield will be uh, discharged from hospital today. He's got a bruising of the airway. The Cats are still awaiting on some further scans there before they um, make an official announcement on it. But he's obviously in doubt for this coming weekend. But thankfully, it's as good as could be expected given the situation. Is the injury incurred the only way they determine impact? Because it doesn't seem right that it's a just big because, part of it. Just because Paddy Dangerfield's gone to hospital... It's a, he's, he potentially hit a completely different part of the body, completely different injury. So just because Tom Powell comes back on, it hit his skull, which is a stronger part of the body than yeah. the neck potentially. So is is that right, that we de- determine impact completely on the injury that happens? Because that's that's to go around and guess who's got a harder head. Yes, it is <laughs> to a degree. That's right. If it gets graded... Toby Green doesn't play again in the home and away season, although we'd be bound for the tribunal on Tuesday night. Joel Selwood's action is clearly reportable. It's just what are the layers in behind that in the aftermath once once his opponent gets back up and, and plays on. But that bump to the head is that action simply has to be graded. Well, that's the opposite, where the action itself looked worse, but the result to the player, he Mm. just bounced up and kept playing. Um, Joel's one looked a little bit more clumsy to me as well. It was almost, he looked like the old guy that couldn't pick up the ball again. So he just wanted to keep his feet and sort of bump the guy out of the way. And it sort of all went wrong for him. So I didn't think it was 100% malicious, but it still is a bump to the head um, as opposed to playing the ball. So I, I think this one's a bit more clear cut. He's just lucky he didn't probably come through with any more force. I don't think it was an overly forceful no. bump. He wasn't running through at a million miles an hour. So the impact's not high, but it's, it's probably more of a deliberate act than what Toby Green's is. So it's an interesting debate. It'll definitely get looked at as well. I think low impact, given the velocity that he was coming in at, as you said, it was a bit clumsy. Um, but that—that's what I mean. If if he runs in at a hundred miles an hour and Sam Taylor still comes back on, do we still call it low impact because he didn't get concussed? No, no. Well, if if he knocks him out in that instance, uh, he so Selwood doesn't play again in the home and away. And season. it's called mm. high impact, even though he's run yes. in at at low speed. So yes. How, how? But gee, the players didn't like it though. The GWS no. players, and they are often a good indication well, of, as to how it's viewed at the time. Mm. Yeah, it didn't look, it doesn't look good for him. When, and I know slow motion can do ugly things for the player in question, but um, I think he might be in a bit of strife. So low is a fine, and mediums a suspension. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously he plays out the game, which is great at the end of the day. So it'll be somewhere. This this is the in the margin. So somewhere. the literal interpretation will be low as a fine, but the potential to cause injury would be medium yeah, and a week. Exactly. So it's which lever will Michael Christian pull? Uh, who could possibly predict what way this is going to go? You're asking me the impossible questions, Jared. <laughs> what about the injuries? 
Yeah, not great, obviously. For, we'll start with the Cats. They lost Rowan to uh, to a hip injury, sort of a hip. Uh, not sure what it was. Initially, it looked like he grabbed his hamstring, so he's in doubt for this week. He soldiered on in a limited capacity, Daisy will tell you, and then um, ended up pulling the pin on him in the last quarter. Two is more serious. That's a hamstring that will definitely sideline him for. I don't think he's had a hamstring before, Zach Tui, so sideline him for a couple of weeks. Joel Selwood, we mentioned, might get suspended. Paddy Dangerfield is in doubt, but they're going to get back Isaac Smith, Jeremy Cameron, O'Connor will return, Henderson will return as well. So they've got reinforcements coming, but uh, it's one step forward, one step back to some degree at the moment for the Cats. Yes, yes. It suddenly puts a lot on their Melbourne game, which was not anticipated. I think there'd probably been a view that the top three would hold their their positions, but that is far from assured now. Um, Port Adelaide and Sydney both both have a sight of a better position than they might yeah. have imagined. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, so it, it, you could hear it in Jared Healy's call last night is the potential for one game to blow your season up. And you only ever know in hindsight as to whether is it all recovered and they win at home next week. They suddenly went from having three at home, perfect run in, time it, See in the finals in either second or first, second or third place, and now it can get sticky. Well, they really struggled for an avenue to go last night for mine. It was amazing how, when you take Cameron out of that side, uh, Rowan's obviously hobbled. They really struggled to find another avenue. Hawkins obviously well held by uh, Sam Taylor, who was masquerading as a defender, but was really playing key forward as we spoke. So um, they just need to get Cameron back in there, which they will. Uh, as Chris Scott said, it would take something uh, dramatically to go wrong for him not to play next week, and they just need Gary Rowan to recover quickly. So that's last night. It has been a huge week for the game as we'll deal with the Tex Walker racial vilification case next. And then what does the COVID outbreak mean for the run to the finals, the prospect of, I know we're all eyes to the grand final, but what will it look like at the start of the final series? And then there's um, Nick Del Santa, who's part of our Crunch Time team, is going to join us from Marvel where he's on duty today. He was appointed the AFLW coach at St Kilda. And uh, it let forth quite the debate. So we'll have that. We're in great hands with Daisy Pearce in the studio and Nick Del Santo, who will join us after 12. You're listening to Crunch Time for the Werribee, Western and Footscray Nissan dealerships. They stock the all-new Nissan Navara Pro 4X, built tough. And for Red Rooster, delicious, crunchy, new fried chicken by Red Rooster, available at selected restaurants, the Rooster's Calling. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.